Hey, this is Carrie Ann from Lofty. I'm live in London, and today my guest is Irvi Vora from Trousseau. We'll be talking about how to go from a side hustle into your full-time entrepreneurial journey. It's all about going with your gut. We'll also be talking about how having empathy can help grow a jewelry business. Well, thank you for joining me. I'm very happy to. Yes, this is wonderful. So today my guest is um, Irvi Bora. Yep. I got that correct. From Trousseau. Yep. Um, and you are, we're here in London and um, you've had your business for about five years. I have, yep. 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 That's great. And before we sort of jump into it, um, when we were just chatting just now, I was yep. fascinated when you said that you've had a transition in your career. Yeah. So you were a pharmacist. Yes. So tell me how the business came about if you were in a totally different place before. So Trousseau yeah. is jewelry. Yeah. Right. Jewelry design. Yeah. yeah. So Trousseau is jewelry. And actually, that was my main aim when I started out so um, I think it was all just about following a passion so I think at about 16 I knew I wanted to be in the world of fashion but I come from an Asian background and it's something I really like to talk about um, is the fact that you know I had parents and bless them they meant well but it was like oh fashion or art is you know it's a hobby it's not a career you can't make a career out of that um, so I kind of went to pharmacy school but the whole way through from the point of 16 till about 22 when I graduated it's constantly doing making courses art courses because there was just something inside of me that was pulling me yeah. creatively but it also just felt like I love learning and I love educating myself but it felt like there was something missing massively from my life so I kind of like started working um, and within two years I just kind of realized I, I loved my industry like I love being a pharmacist, so I don't want to lose any current jobs I have. But um, at the same time, it wasn't something that came from here. And it was really important for me to put something out there that came from here. Um, so I kind of decided I was going to let the universe decide for me, as, as kooky it. as it sounds. I love it. But I applied um, my only place, and I knew that I ever wanted to go was London College of Fashion. So I applied for that. Um, and that was the only place I applied for. I only applied for one course, which was fashion design and marketing, because I knew that was what I wanted to do. And I kind of said, I'm going to leave it to the universe. Like, if I get an interview, then I'll go to it, no pressure. If I get in, then that's a sign I'm meant to do it. If I don't, I don't. Right. And fortunately, I did get into the interview process and I got into the course. So that was like me just saying, okay, this is a universe giving me a sign. I'm meant to do this. And so I went back and formally educated myself, because that was my one rule for myself. It wasn't. I wanted to be, I guess, viable in what I was doing and have a background and not just jump into something. Um, so I wanted to go back and study. So that's what I did. And I always thought I was going to do clothing. The jewelry almost came about by accident just because I was in India and I was traveling there for a wedding. I had some jewelry made by a manufacturer. And then they were just like, you've really got an eye for this. You should do it. And I was just like, nah, like, you know, <laughs> this is not me. They're like, no, try it. And I was like, okay, great. Because I could always do like a one-stop shop, you know, People come in for their, their clothing because I was doing bridal designing okay. at that point and they can come in for some jewelry on the side, it's great. Um, but within about six months, like the jewelry stuff just took off. And I think I learned an important lesson from that actually is that to never kind of forget about diversifying and just being too stuck on your, you know, like stuck on what you're going to do. Like be fluid, there might be other talents or other bits that you you are doing quite well and you don't know about it but go with it like you know try it and my it was very small I started off with 40 pieces and my rule was whatever I made from the jewelry side would go back into the jewelry and it just got to a point within six months a year where the jewelry was doing better than the clothing was and 
you know, it was just like a no-brainer that, okay, why am I doing the clothing? This is obviously my forte over the clothing. So yeah, that's, that's fascinating. I love that. So then has it really been five years where you've been focused on jewelry or has jewelry been sort of in the last part of no, that? No, it's five years where I've been focused on jewelry. So it's probably been about 10 years since I changed careers. Okay. Um, and I think it took me a good five years to kind of decide where my path was in all honesty, because I didn't have the luxury, I, because I did it as a mature student, I didn't have the luxury of being able to go and do lots of work experience or try out retail jobs or think jobs that you know were underpaid because I had a mortgage to pay. So again, this is something that I really like to talk about is yeah. like kind of having a main hustle and a side hustle on yeah. top of it and not being kind of too rigid in not jumping between the two because that's okay yes. until you find the thing that you're kind of good at and you're comfortable with. Yeah, I love that. that for me, I have a degree in music, so and I went into marketing, yeah. but my side hustle, I continued singing. I continued having you know yeah. wedding gigs or small little ensemble things here and there. And um, for me, the music was always the thing that sort of kept me in that place of knowing that I still sort of had this entrepreneurial side to myself yeah. because I was an independent contractor. Yeah. So I really resonate with, with that idea. And then also the idea of pivoting because I know even for me in the first like year and a half, I sort of was going down one path and though it wasn't a huge pivot, I'm sort of like you where you stayed in the same industry. I was working with slightly larger businesses and what I realized was I really want to work with individuals. Yeah. And so I'm finding work there and that's really what I want to do. And even though it didn't seem like maybe Financially, it was the right decision because you're going to make more money, right? Maybe in one area over another, an individual versus a company. Yeah. It was sort of a similar feeling of, well, this is what I want to yeah. be doing. And, and the, if I believe that that's right and there's interest there, the, the money will figure itself out. Massively. So actually, it was like when we were talking about, um, I guess, whys and things like that. Yes. I was thinking about it. One of my... I guess big cause and why's that I've learned whilst doing this is that essentially I just want to be able to use my creativity to have like kind of a positive impact on people and live like the life I kind of want to be free to be live the life I want so that doesn't mean and I think I've really learned that more in the last three years rather than maybe when I started out is kind of just opening up to the fact that I didn't have to have a bank balance or I didn't have to have a turnover per year of like, you know, over a hundred quid or a million or whatever. That was not, um, it was not a marker of success for me. It was, okay, how many pe new people have I touched this year? Yes. And am I living the kind of life and the quality of life that I want and doing the things that I want to? And if I can say that, then I'm successful. Like, that's great. So that's yeah. really, is that your motivator at the end of the day or? So no, I think if you were going to ask me my why, I think it would be really a big thing that has always been important for me is to give back. So I went through a lot of personal changes in the last 10 years as well. So it was, um, I, I, you know, I got into a relationship, unfortunately I was divorced. And when I came to that kind of crossroads, it was just when I was starting out Trousseau. And I was going to India three or four times a kind of in a year um, and setting up my production. But every single time I went there, it would come across a story from a different woman who was disadvantaged because she was deaf or blind and, you know, thrown out from the family home because they wouldn't be able to get her married off. Or she had divorced, she had children, but she didn't know how she could work and provide for her children because she couldn't rely on their ex-husband. There's no system of alimony out there and things like that. Yeah. So it was like a massive awakening for me that I had like options and I was really lucky and there was I was in a place where I could kind 
of make something even from a bad situation. And in fact, the year I started Trousseau was the year I got divorced because my thing was, it was the year I wanted to look back on and be like, this was something, it was a year that was great. It wasn't a year that was shitty. Like, yeah. sorry. So yeah, so I think that was like a, a really big thing for me. So when I, when you ask me what my why is, I guess it's really just kindness and giving back. Yeah. Um, so with Trousseau, I've really been looking into seriously and I didn't, I knew I couldn't do it until we had a certain turnover, but now we're at the stage where I'm looking at, I, I believe that kind of where you produce, so I produce in India, it's not because I am Indian, it's because I feel like I reap from that land, so I want to give back in some way. So um, yeah, so I kind of am looking into like kind of have, helping underprivileged women, but here as well, like I try and volunteer by helping out either startups with like free time and just having a chat with people and that can be through women's groups or speaking to homeless women because that's again a big thing that I see as part of my pharmacy side. I'm, from a hospital background and you meet a lot of vulnerable women and actually just kind of they sometimes just need a listening ear and like a little bit of empowerment to say actually you can break out the cycle or you can go through rehab or you can do something different but you have to give them I guess that empowerment that somebody's there and they care because that's the bit where they're really vulnerable so yeah Yeah. that's really amazing yeah I I love that and it sounds like it's um it allows you to really be your full self in your in yeah. what you're doing. I think it's important to have a personal story and that's like a really big part of the brand for instance because I think I could have easily gone in and said do you know what like I just want to make pretty jewelry and I want it to be luxury and I think that's a word that's really overused nowadays yeah. the luxe market um, right. because it is all kind of gold plated it's semi precious so it's not stuff that comes with a, a small price mark um, but my thing was that actually it was more about how it made women feel so it was about opulence which I think is a very different word to being luxurious it's about how you feel and feeling like you have abundance Um, and a big part of that actually also was I hated that world of fast fashion like especially going back and forth to like Asia and seeing how things were produced where things came from I hated the fact that you know you could go to kind of multinational stores and buy something in three colors just because it's five pounds right um rather than know where you're investing your money in it's something that whenever i display with the brand or we tell clients about the brands or we're at pop-ups we definitely tell them the story of where the brand comes from and they feel like they're a part of the brand story which i think is really important to me but also that their story is part of our story because mm. we i mean i i think i work really hard at putting somebody's personal brand and their personal touch into the piece that they take from me so it could be by choosing you know a stone color that means something to them their birthstone a finish because oh if I wear gold it makes me feel really red and maybe sometimes I might make them realize that actually no you don't you just need to change up maybe the color or the stone that you put with the gold and you can wear gold and it's you know in some ways it's kind of like change their thought and their thought process when they're buying clothes or whatever they're doing so I think it's that like so and that's where my my personal story my personal brand I feel like is is really important kind of within the brand because it encourages other people to share their story and I think there's something to be said about being open and being vulnerable in that sense and sharing a part of yourself because then other people are a bit more open about doing that as well you know it creates this like I guess this honest and open environment yes exactly Um, so that's 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 one thing but I think our third value is always like kind of quirkiness so I think I'm a little bit quirky 
quirky, I'm a bit weird, but I fully accept it. And I've gone from being very young and not understanding it about myself to like, you know, it, it's, it. yeah, <laughs> like it's the great thing about wisdom and age, right? It's the one great thing about age is that you learn to really accept yourself and you learn to just really say, well, these are my quirks, these are my weird things, but actually it makes me really different and I fucking love it. Like, you know, yeah. I'm not going to change that about myself. So um, I think that's, it's also that kind of within the brand is like put your quirkiness or put your difference into what we're doing with you and feel great when you walk out the door because that's what I really want I want somebody to come back and I, I actually say I think in terms of like our customer like return ratio I mean it, it's almost at like 90% because most people come back it might they might not come back like you know within three months they might come back in six months or a year because it's a bigger investment but they always come back because for a lot of people the feedback I get is it's about how they feel when they come and see me so it's not necessarily about what they're buying it's right they walk away feeling really great about themselves and I think that's quite a nice feeling it is and it's very special and that's really we ultimately where I think you want to be especially when you're selling a product yeah and I'd be curious when it comes to your customers the sort of the trends or themes that you find with that audience that is is coming back and is you yeah. know falling in love with the brand itself so i think um the one thing i've realized is they're usually women who are not trend-led okay they are very ethical in their purchases they're aware of where they're buying they're happy to spend a little bit extra to get something personalized because they understand the importance of that and the importance of quality yes versus um quantity mm-hmm. um and yeah, I, I think the main thing I would say is professionals um, and high-end professionals in one sense, or it will be very much like kind of women who have taken some time out to maybe look after their kids and they're at the stage where, you know, they're entertaining a lot or they're going out a lot or they're seeing a lot of other mums and actually getting that special piece of jewellery just makes them feel like they, they break out of that mum shell for a little bit and, yes. you know, they get they have something great to talk about. So it, it, it varies, but I think the one trend I've definitely noticed is it's people who love you know, a story about where, where that piece that they're wearing, you know, came from. came from. And we have a term for it. I mean, it's even a hashtag with our brand. It's called getting your trousseau fix. Nice. So it's like getting your, and I call it getting your fix because it's how you feel when you wear it. It's how you feel when you buy it. Yeah. And yeah, it's the full feel good factor. I think that's, that's amazing um, that you've been able to pinpoint it to that as well. So I love that you know a little bit about them demographically and sort of the segments where it could be the professional and it could be, you know, the mother. But beyond that, the thing that I hope listeners or viewers will take away from this is that you started the answer to that question with really going to the emotional place yeah. of why they want it. And I love that because that's one of the things that, you know, um, I teach a lot of and work with clients on is that understanding of knowing your audience beyond just the demographics. So part yeah. of that's important, but really understanding what they want and need and then what the difference that your product or service, you know, brings to them. Well, I, I think understanding and, and moving on from that, like yeah. like when you understand somebody's emotion, because I think we come, unfortunately, from a somewhat fickle buyer's market, which I think is really rapidly changing, actually. I think we've kind of slowly coming around full circle where people were really led by what influence and bloggers and things like that were wearing, um, to now I think people not just being worried about how it's aesthetically looking, but does this brand fit into their values? And if you don't understand the emotions and the thinking of your 
kind of customer, then you can't put a quote up that would, you know, resonate with them, or you can't put up um, a message with your piece or about your piece that resonates with them. And that's really, I think, the thing to be crude that gets your buy-in. Yeah. Because they're not going to buy in unless you don't evoke some sort of familiarity or a value or a purpose or a principle that they have. So I think it's really important to understand that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, so another thing that I would I would love to know is maybe a piece of advice that you've received along the way that you reflect on or maybe you even share yeah. with other people. Yeah, um, I think the best piece of advice that I think I've more read and then kind of been told about as well time and time again and I would definitely recommend to people um, to get a coach because I think a coach really will get you to reflect on your practices and I think in especially when you're in that startup mode things are moving at like 200 miles per hour and you know you're you're expected to be fluid and pivot like constantly and then you're trying to stay true to your values and it's when you're stepping away from those that things I think sometimes in a business can start to fall apart like certainly for me that did happen um, and having a coach was invaluable what was also reading as much as I could and reading into kind of the self-development side of like my psyche and my why and my purpose and, and looking at that and the one thing that kind of started coming up for me um, was that I was a total perfectionist and it kind of comes from my previous kind of profession as well because that yeah. whole checking process of whether you've got the right medication whether you know it's right for a patient all those kind of things it's very black and white so I started to look at my business as black and white because there were checkpoints that I had to make and then I was being a perfectionist about it was either right or it was wrong. There was no grey. Okay. Um, so the one bit of advice that I kind of read about and then I got was your work doesn't, it's better to do like, you know, 90% of work and it is 70% right then do like 30% of work and it's 100% right because you're just not going to move forward mm -hmm. um, and you're going to make mistakes nothing is ever going to be perfect but the best thing you can do is put your product out there and see what your customer says because what might be perfect to you actually might not be perfect to your customer and then it would be a shame to like have wasted you know six months working right. on something and getting it out there and then finding you have to change it afterward anyway why not spend two months working on it right. get it out there and be and then probably be at that point where you can be flexible and fluid and, and change what your offering is um, yes. so yeah in, in terms of the most important bit I think is just to keep moving forwards don't worry about that work being perfect yes. I guess just worry about moving forward I love that and I think it's so important uh, to keep in mind because I know that that's something that I've sort of learned along the way as I've been starting out too because yeah. I came from a corporate world where uh, there was a lot of value put in getting something really really right before you put it out and I've learned in my own business how important it is to um, to do the minimum viable product yeah you know and as I've been getting ready to launch my online services it's been a really key piece for me so I but do you feel so good as well right because you're like oh I've done something with my day as, in, as opposed to like you know I've got like 50% of the way there but it's not right like I think it's just empowering on yourself as well to say do you know what I'm moving forward yes so, I yeah. agree yeah. I agree um, well I love that um, and I, I hope that if you know people take anything away from what we talked about today, it is um, in addition to sort of the story that you've told, which I think is so inspiring that you, you know you had 
um, spent time and started to kind of put your toe in one area, but that you trusted your gut and trusted your instinct and decided to follow that. And then that also the fact that um, as you've gone through that journey, what you were just sharing about, you know, putting yourself out there. And yeah. I know one thing that comes up a lot when I've been um, doing this series and talking to a lot of women is that kind of place of fear and um, how to move past that. And I think your advice that you just shared is just a really great way to approach that, you know, and to just get kind of that 20 to 30% that's gonna be quality, but then put it out there and find what you learn and then from there to evolve. Yeah, because I actually, I think I've learned the hard way. Fear is such a paralyzing thing in business. It is such, I mean, I think I probably went through a bit of a, a breakdown in, in year three of, of working because there was like this one woman show doing the designing, the, you know, the marketing, getting the sales done, being constantly on it. And I was so scared of making the wrong moves that you know, sometimes I, I think I went through a phase where there was six months that I literally did nothing with my business and I'm talking about very little sales, you know, it kind of kept chugging along, but I wasn't moving forward, I wasn't signing on shows, I wasn't, you know, doing things that usually would have been very quick decisions for me because maybe I'd had a few bumps along the way and I kind of just got to this point where I was like, oh crap, like do I really know what I'm doing and oh crap, I'm making the wrong decisions and it actually took me a long time, it was like burnout because I wasn't giving myself time away from the business to be like true to me as well in that time yeah. but also yeah it was just this thing of like that fear of being wrong or making the wrong choice but actually you're better off making the choice and then learning from it because you'll know for next time and I'd rather do that with like a small amount of cash when I'm starting out than do that five years down the line with a bigger amount of cash and then be like crap you know this was totally the wrong move so yeah yeah I agree and I, I think that that's just an important thing to keep in mind. And, I, you know, again, I hopefully people that maybe are inspired or thinking about starting or they're sort of on the process and the journey of their business will will, will keep that in mind and, and listening to someone like you who has, you know, been in it for five years and has, has seen these ebbs and flows. And um, I think that's fantastic. So my very last question is, is there anything that you're listening to or reading right now that you would recommend? Um... Yeah, I mean, I actually think I would probably recommend an app in one sense yeah, over anything it. else, but is um, there's an app called Blinkist, which is okay. basically, it just summarizes like books within 15 minutes, so either 15 minutes of reading or 15 minutes of listening to it like as a podcast. Um, and that for me has been quite invaluable because I'm a voracious reader, but in the kind of last few years, I've kind of found my focus just isn't there. I'm so tired as soon as I get, you know, bedtime is usually my time to read. I'm, I get through a chapter of something and I'm falling asleep. But as well, when you're reading a lot of self, self-help or business stuff or things that are trying to, you know, you're just trying to research into the market. Um, it's quite difficult to get through the volume of stuff and it becomes, I think the word is overwhelming, uh -huh. the amount you of information kind of being thrown at you and pe things that you see and people tell you should read this. Um, and then I found this app and it was like a godsend because it was like, actually I can read a book. I have all, it's all summarized for me. I have all my key points in 15 minutes and they have like this great summary at the end of it, which is just your takeaway from this book. Um, and that for me has been like really kind of like life changing in, in one sense, in the sense that it just makes me feel like I'm always learning because that's always important to me yeah. without really kind of, and, and I have time for it rather than just kind of feeling like I don't have enough time to do everything. I love it. Okay, Blinkist. Blinkist. All right, I'm going to yeah. look it up. Yeah, that sounds great. great. I love that. Well, thank you so much for You're making welcome. time to join today. I really appreciate it. No, I had a great time. Thanks Good. for having me. Okay, thanks. <laughs>